Amen. We want to welcome you to the Lord's house this morning. We're so glad you're here. And we are starting today our love month. Everybody say love. Man, don't you love love? I love donuts. And I love my wife. Now, how many would agree that, that there's a different kind of love there? There's degrees of love. And uh, we're going to be looking at all kinds of love. Now, on Wednesday night, uh, we have started a series for the, all of, Oct- of February, the five love languages. So Wednesday night, we just laid a foundation. So if you missed it, you didn't miss anything, come on, get in there. We're going to start the five love languages, each one. Look at them individually. Uh, we've got some videos and paperwork. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you have a birthday in February, don't miss Wednesday night. Because we're going to have cake and it's going to be our monthly uh, party. And we'll do that all in here while we're doing our class. And so every Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8, the five love languages And uh, we would love for you to be there. But today, we're going to start, as we always start the love month, on loving God. Does anybody love God? Well, we're going to give you a little test today. Because we can say we love God, but what do our actions say? How many of those actions speak louder than words? And if we truly love God, then we'll love what God loves. What does God love? That's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bibles today, we're going to turn to the book of St. Mark, chapter number 12. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here to you. And uh, this scripture, you may, I, I know uh, my brother's one of those that uh, every time somebody comes and preaches, he, he marks it in his Bible. So when they come back, if they preach that same message, he knows it. So you probably, if you turn to that scripture and you go, wait a minute. Pastors preached on that same scripture every year for the past. Absolutely. Uh, But guess what? It's a different angle every time. And today will be no different. But I want to just put this scripture in our heart because it's so true. The whole law, Jesus said. How many can keep the whole law? I'm glad that nobody raised their hand. Because nobody's ever been able to keep it. That's why Jesus had to come and die. So, he's, Jesus said that the whole law hinges upon this one thing. What is it? Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. How do we love God? He gave us some areas and some things. And let's break those down just for a moment. And say, well, what exactly does that mean? He said, first of all, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. This pumping organ? No. 
That heart there means your emotions, your feelings, your passions. How many of those it's good to feel love? But did you know love's not a feeling? Love is a choice. So it's good to feel love and it's good to have passion. And it's good to have emotion. But he said, also, you need to love me with your soul. With your spirit. With your life. With your lifestyle. There's a lot of people that say they love God, but their lifestyle says they don't. There's a lot of people that with their mouth they say they love God, but their Facebook says they don't. And with your perspective. He also said that we need to love God with all of our mind. With our intellect and with our decisions. There's a lot of people say, I love God, but their decisions... Say they don't. He said also that we should love the Lord God with all of our strength. With all of our being. With our power. With our abilities. With our vigor. With all our tenacity. Listen, there's a lot of people that say, I love God. But they're not using any of their abilities that God gave them to love God. To serve God. So God wants us to use everything we have, everything to give, to serve, to love. But I want to focus today on something else. Because I truly believe that if you are going to love God, you've got to love what God loves. See, if you love your spouse, sooner or later you're going to start Loving what they love. You're going to start doing the things they like to do. Because love is not about you. It's about the other person. Some, when you love somebody, sometimes you go to eat where they like to eat. You watch what they like to watch. You do activities they like to do. Maybe you don't like it and it's not, nothing, it's not your thing. But when you love the other person, you'll do that thing anyway because you love them. And when you love God, you'll start loving the things God loves. What does God love? Does anybody know what God loves? What do you love? I, I, I love chocolate cake. I love Millennium Crunch ice cream. Come on. I, I love a big juicy steak. There's a lot of things that, that I love. And guess what? My wife gets me those things sometimes. Because she loves me. But I love God. God, help me love the things you love. So what does God love? Number one, God loves His Word. Has your spouse, a girlfriend, boyfriend, ever written you a love letter? Did you ever see that love letter and look at it? Get the envelope and go, wow, that's from, my, that's from the one I love. Wow, look at that stamp. What an awesome stamp. Look how she wrote her my name. That's, that's beautiful. Wow, 
That's awesome. Just tuck it in your pocket. Forget about it. Listen, there's so many people that carry a Bible. They look on the outside and it says, Holy Bible. And they go, wow, that's awesome. That's God's Word. It's a love letter to me. Yet they've never opened it to find out what He said about them. It's collecting dust on a coffee table or on a shelf or it's in the trunk. Listen, God's Word, God loves His Word because God is bound by His Word. God created the heavens and the earth with His Word. God said, let there be. And it was. God's Word is powerful. God's Word is creative. God's Word is transforming. But if you never open it and you never read it, you'll never find out what God says about you. How He loves you, what He's done for you, what He's going to do for you, where He's gone, what He's preparing, when He's coming back. But if you'll just open the book and love the book, the book will change your life. Matthew 4, 4 says, But He answered and said unto them, It is written... Satan had taken him up after the fast for 40 days and he was hungry. And he said, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. Come on. You need to put some mayonnaise on that bread and some turkey and some cheese and some lettuce and some tomatoes or some peanut butter and some banana. Come on, we can't just live on the bread. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Come on, God's word is powerful. It's life changing. Come on, don't just carry it. Don't just have it as an app on your phone. Open it up and read it. David said in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. How many knows that we're living in a dark world? How many knows what you do when you go outside in the dark? You take a flashlight. You shine it on the path so you can see where to go. You get out your phone and you turn on flashlight mode and you look to see where you're going. Listen, God's Word is the flashlight for life. When you get in dark situations, when you get down in dark valleys, when you're going through circumstances, I can't see what to do. I don't know what decision to make. Come on, turn on the light of God's Word. He'll lead your footsteps. He'll guide you where you should go and what you should do. David said also, Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. So many people, they don't know they're actually sinning because they never read God's word that says, Thou shalt not. That's why we got to get the word of God in our heart. Get the commands in our heart. We've got to know the law. But what do the policemen tell you about the law when you say, I didn't know that? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. When you stand before God and you say, I didn't know. He's going to say, I wrote it down for you. 
I gave you the law. I gave you the letter. I gave you the commands. You just didn't read it. Read God's Word. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Did you know we're eternal beings? We are created to live forever. And we're going to live forever somewhere. Where are we going to live? What's the Word say about it? What's the Word say we can have, how we can have eternal life? You've got to find out what the Word says. The Word declares that through Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life in heaven with Jesus. If we'll confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive. Come on, God's Word tells us that. You've got to read it for yourself. Somebody say, God loves His Word. Number two, God loves His house. Do you love the Lord's house? Oh, man, I love it when I open, I walk in the doors and I begin to see you come. And I, I wish everybody was excited to see me as Tori. And now she's training Nash. And today they brought Lincoln with them. They're just teaching them to honor. And that's, that, I'll tell you what, also their mama teaches them to honor their pastor. And gives them opportunity to run over and hug me. And they're so excited to see me. Listen, I see some of y'all in Walmart. And y'all go the other way. You're like, oh, there's pastor. I had not been to church in a while. I see y'all trying to sneak away. Oh, God loves his house. And I love to see you in God's house. God loves His house. He loves when His people gather together. And He said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. You see, that is our mission statement. Isaiah 2.2 And the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established and all nations shall flow into it. And that's why we have 15 nations today. Amen. Worshiping in the Lord's house. Many cultures, many tongues, many languages. Oh, come on. God loves it when the people from every nation gather in His house for one purpose. And that is to lift up the name above all names, Jesus. God loves His house. And He loves when we honor His house. But He told them that day, you've made it to a den of thieves. You've corrupted it. You've made it into something it's not. And you know what? That's why when the world thinks about the church, or they think about Christianity, they think about people who have done things wrong. People who have misused the Word of God. People who have done wrong and failed and sinned. And they judge the church by that. But can I tell you, that's not the church. Come on, the church is a church full of people who love God and love others, who are serving and giving and loving and reaching out to heal the sick and to feed the hungry and to bless and help the poor. Amen. Reaching out to the lost and bringing them into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on, we're not a little inclusive club. Amen. We're exclusive. Everybody's welcome at the Lord's house. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. There's a lot of people who they say they love God, but they don't like church. I, I wonder about those kind of people. 
You, you, you love God, but you don't want to go to His house and visit Him. Well, I can worship God at home. That's true. We can worship God anywhere. But He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Come together in one place, in one location. Build an altar, and there I will meet with you. He wants us to come together and meet with Him and communicate with Him. And He wants to communicate with you. God loves His house. And if we love God, then we're going to honor His house. He said, as the manner of some is, but exhort one another so much more as you see the day approaching. When we see this day with this age and when people are, are quitting left and right and they're getting discouraged and they're saying the church is full of hypocrites. You're absolutely right. Every one of us have failed and sinned and come short of the glory of God and we recognize we need Jesus. There's not one perfect person and there's not one perfect church. And if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. We're a bunch of flawed people coming to serve a perfect Savior. We come into His house and we love God and we love His house. You know what else God loves? God Loves his people. People say, I love God, but I can't stand those people down there at the church. How in the world can you love God and not love what God loves? You can't love God and not love me because Jesus loves me. And if you love him, you're going to love me. He loves his people. For God so loved the world. You can't be prejudiced against that nation or that nation or those people or that gender or that color. If you love God, the Bible says, but hate your neighbor, you are a liar. Oh, I'm preaching better. You're saying amen today. (laughs) God so loved the world. What did He do? He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever... Do we have any whosoever's here today? Come on. It didn't say what nation, what color, what gender, what economic group. He said, whoever believeth in Me should not perish, but have everlasting life. Heaven is going to be filled with every nation and creed and color and tongue and we're going to all worship together. That's why I love to look out across the Lord's house and see so many different faces and colors and hear so many languages because that's what heaven is going to be like. We have to love people. Jesus died Not for a building. Not for one group of people. Not for money. Jesus died for people. It was people that God reached down out of the dust of the earth and formed and created into His own image. It was 
people who God breathed the breath of life into and they became a living soul and God wanted relationship and communication. Oh, He created the animals and He loves to watch them play. The Bible says that He created the whales for His pleasure. He loves to watch the animals, but He created people for relationship. And when man sinned and fell, and when God gave His great love, yet they rejected His love, and they became a sinful fallen man, and separated from God, God in His great love sent His own Son into the world, that the world through Him might be saved. God doesn't want one person to be lost. How? People say, how could a loving God send someone to hell? God doesn't send people to hell. People choose hell. Because God has done everything in His power for you to go to heaven. He sent His only Son to die on the cross. He took the penalty for sin and death. And all we have to do is accept that free gift. Confess Him as our Lord and our Savior. Ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And He gives us eternal life. And we have relationship with Him. And because of that, we have brothers and sisters in Christ. And we cannot say we love the Father and hate our brother or sister. Don't work that way. Paul says the love of the Father is not in you. So we got to check ourselves, don't we? We got to check our attitudes and our thoughts and our feelings, our emotions, and how we've been taught and what society says. And, and we, can't, we don't go by that. We look at what God's Word says. You see, we go back to the Word. If we love the Word and the Word said He died for everybody and we love people, we're going to love who God loves and God loves everybody. I got to love people. There's, there, there, the whole Bible's full of things, but I'm just going to give you one more. This covers a lot of, lot of different areas. But God loves givers. Who was the first giver? I just read it to you. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave sacrificially. He gave without holding anything back. He gave out of love. And the Bible declares that God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Did you know what? Did you know if every human being, if just every Christian took this scripture to heart, and we were givers, we would give to His Word. We would give to His house. We would give... To his people. And you know what? There wouldn't be the needs. Did you know what? Without the church. There would be 
way more needs. Did you know all the government, all the assistance that they can give still can't fulfill all the needs? The pretty much the biggest giver to the world in humanitarian effort, in food, in clothes, in everything is the church of Jesus Christ. It's believers, it's Christians who see the need of other people and they have the heart of God. God is a giver at heart. And when we love God, we love His Word, we love His house, we love His people. And when we see a need in any of those areas, we give. Malachi chapter 3, verse 89, it says, Will a man rob God? And there's not a person here today that would be bold enough to say, Man, I'll take my gun and go stick it in God's ribs and say, Give me a blessing. Yet, he said, You've robbed me. And they said, How did we rob you? He said, You've robbed me in tithe and offerings. Therefore, you're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Oh, if we could just get a revelation of giving. It's it's not just money. But see, money tests your trust. So many people don't have the revelation. They don't give to God because they don't truly trust Him. They don't trust His Word. Part of it comes because they've never read His Word. Then, if they have read it, they don't truly believe it, and then they don't trust Him. Because God said, give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, run it over, I'll cause men to give into your bosom. Giving will cause you to receive. But so many people want to receive, but they never want to give. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, he'll take it from a grouch. <laughs> but has your spouse or your kids or anybody ever given you a gift and when they handed it to you, they went, here. I don't really want to give you this. It's really, it's mine and I like it. And, but my mama said I had to give it to you, so here. I mean, that, that doesn't make you feel special. What makes you feel special is when someone says, this is precious to me. I worked hard for it. It means a lot to me. But you mean more to me. And I love you. And I trust you. And I want to give you what's precious to me. That makes you feel special. How do you pay your tithe? A tithe is a tenth of our earning. This, we, we just came through the end of the year. You picked up your giving statement. When you looked at that, did that represent a tenth of what you made this year? If not, you need to say, Lord, this year help me to love you more. Help me to trust you more. Help me to believe you more. Help me to, to, to give of my self, of my time, of my abilities, of my plans, of my purpose. Help me to give of my money. Because listen, money, we work hard for money. And, and it, it's hard to come by. And it's easy go. 
And listen, you cannot tithe, you cannot figure it up on a calculator. Because if you don't have enough already, how in the world can I give 10% and then have enough? It's not natural. It's supernatural. When you give, you shall receive. And God will multiply the 90% to go further than the 100 would have gone. Amen? Because 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed. So I declare, I encourage you this year. Be a giver. Be a cheerful giver. Give of your time. Give of your effort. Come on, volunteer. Come sack groceries and give to the poor. You see someone in need, bless them. Sometime buy somebody's meal. I just saw today's Super Bowl. Anybody going to watch the Super Bowl? Who are you going for? Chiefs. That's who I'm going for. It's America. You can go for whoever you want to. But Pat Mahomes is a hometown boy. And we're rooting for him. And I just read an article where he walked, he was at a restaurant, him and his girlfriend. And everybody recognized him. But nobody rushed over and talked to him. Nobody asked for an autograph. They respected his time. And he got up. And on his way out the door, he stopped. And he said to the whole restaurant, Thank y'all for giving us a night of, of, of peace and just letting us have a meal in peace. And we appreciate it. That's why I love Kansas City. And he turned and walked out. Then they found out he paid for everybody's meal in the whole place. You see, he's got good character. He knows it's not all about me. It's not about what I can get, what I can accumulate. It's about being a blessing to other people. And when you bless others, God will bless you. Amen? Come on. So, if we're going to truly love God. Now, the rest of this month, we're going to look at loving others. We're going to look at loving our children, our family. We're going to look at loving our spouse. And uh, we've got our marriage seminar coming up. You do not want to miss it. Singles are couples. Come on. We, we, on February the 15th, we're having a barbecue dinner from 9 to 4. Everyone's welcome, but you've got to sign up and get paid because we've got to order the food. And we're going to have sessions and fun. And we're going to have some private time for the men and the women. And it's going to be a day to really rekindle our love and our passion for our family and our spouse. And we're going to, that's what we're going to spend this whole month talking about. But if you don't start with loving God and loving what God loves, it's going to be hard for you to do these other things. Amen? So one more time. When we truly love God, We're going to love what God loves. God loves His Word. Everybody say, I love God's Word. word. Then you've got to prove it. You've got to start opening it and reading it and putting it in your heart. God loves His house. Somebody say, I love God's house. Say, I love God's people. Come on, listen. If you're going to truly love God, what does God love? God loves the pastors. If you really love God, then you're going to love us. (laughs) God loves Pastor Marcelo. Do y'all love him? God loves Pastor Elias. Do y'all love him? Come on, God loves me. Okay, y'all love me. Good deal. And because God loves people, and we love you, and God loves you, and God loves a giver. Give, what does He want you to give? 
your life. Give your life. Give your heart. Give your gifts and your talents. Give your time. Give your finances. If we're going to love God in 2020, then we have to love what God loves. Can I get a big amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today.